the Matt Mosley Show. And we go to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. John Mashoda, I mean, he's not getting much sleep. He's out tracking these GMs and coaches. Uh, John, it's good to visit with you. Hope the weather's holding up okay in Indy. Mike McCarthy, not a man who settled into Indy. He gets in, says hello to you guys. Hey, hey, fellas, I recognize y'all. Let's spend a little time together. Let's let's go have some lunch. And then he was back to the Metroplex in a hurry. I mean, is this uh, this is kind of the direction he's going, isn't he? I mean, there's no time to be hobnobbing with his buddies in Indy. He's going to work on this offense. But I like it because he made time for us. And to me, that's the most important thing. So he spent exactly. enough time with us. We had a we had a nice little lunch. We we talked for about twenty minutes on the record, and then probably another, I don't know, forty five minutes off of it, and a lot of good stuff. I feel like I have a little bit better understanding of what he's trying to do. But uh, no, uh, it is interesting for to basically come in here for media purposes and then go back because he's got to he's going to install this offense. Okay, so you know that stuff doesn't doesn't happen over one night. You know, he's got to he's got to get with Brian Schottenheimer and they need to fix this thing. You know, they need to make it more deck friendly, run the ball. You know, they've got to turn this thing around and have some playoff success. I think he I think he decided he needed to say something nice about Kellen. You know, other than what he started saying, I'm having the time of my life. I've never had this much fun since I've been with the Cowboys. It's kind of like he got all these coaches out of his hair. He's like got a new whole new group of coaches around him. I mean, he's letting his hair down a little bit. He looked relaxed up there, and uh, so I'm I'm glad Mike's extract. I'm also glad you're you're actually. I mean, you're doing a lot of Cowboys stuff, covering the Cowboys, John Machado, the Athletic, but you're also moving around talking to some of these prospects. I mean, uh, um, this uh, uh, Ringo, the cornerback out of Georgia, <laughs> I've had interest in him. You're tweeting about him. He had an interview with the Cowboys. I had a Cowboys writer tell me yesterday. That I don't have time. I will not go talk to a single. Uh, I will not talk to a single member of any of the draftees because I've got to work on cowboy stuff. So, John, I appreciate you kind of doing it all, doing the Cowboys, but also <laughs> investigating some of these uh, players, such as Ringo out of Georgia. I mean, I try to get over there. I will say, I mean, when you get here, I mean, I got here Sunday night and. I'll be here through Saturday. There is a lot of just chasing cowboy stuff because of the fact of, um, I mean, you you can probably appreciate this just from your time covering the team. Like, there was just things about Valley Ranch where you could just kind of put yourself in a, in a good spot. You might be able to run into someone and get some information, whether it be on the record or off the record. And just the way that the star is, it, it just, I mean, it's obviously a beautiful practice facility, but it's very set up to keep, the team employees away from the media. I mean, there just isn't the, you know, you know how many times you'd go out to practice at Valley Ranch and you could grab Jerry or Steven out, you know, they'd have to walk by the media. They don't have to do that now at the star. And so something like this, this is going to give you a chance to get Steven, to get Mike McCarthy, to get Jerry all within three or four days. And then plus for me, it's nice because at the athletic, most of the people I work with, I never see. So this is the only time of year I get to see them. So there's a lot going on, so I will say it is hard to keep up with the prospects. I just walked by some of the, the corners because, like Ringo, I, I just think that Keely Ringo from Georgia, 6'2 guy, that, that's kind of what the Cowboys want at corner, and I feel like with them drafting at 26, that's a, that's a position that makes a lot of sense for them at 26, to get another bigger corner, 
that that you can play outside opposite of, of Trayvon Diggs. You know, you like what you saw in Jerron Bland during his rookie year. Um, but if a corner is not there, they do feel comfortable with Jerron Bland being an outside corner. And so if they don't draft a corner high, I think that's what you'll see. You'll see Trayvon Diggs and Jerron Bland as the two outside corners. But they're going to have to add some, some depth there because, as we saw at the end of the season, I mean, they just got too thin at corner. So, I mean, that's a position that I think that would make sense at, at 26. So they had the corners on, on the podium today. So I, I figured I'd go by there and check them out for a little bit. Yeah. You remember our friend Goose Gosselin. I had him on recently. He would try to interview every single player, every every guy that got invited to the Combine. He would go talk to them. And uh, I especially remember one with Malcolm Kelly one time uh, who ended up going to the uh, to, to Washington. They were the Redskins at the time. And uh, But, boy, that, that takes some dedication, John. And that and uh, and boy, what a uh, what a what a guy, man! He loved the combine like no other. Uh, yeah, and to give people pull back the curtain a little bit, at night, John, the uh, like St. Elmo's is the steakhouse. They're very famous for a shrimp cocktail. There's probably about three or four bars or restaurants where you know you're going to see a lot of the NFL brass. And so a lot of this this is kind of the fun old school reporting to where you just kind of hang out at these different places and hope to see people. Now, the interesting thing, John, is when the Cowboys bus arrives in town, it makes it a little bit easier to follow the Cowboys. Um, is that, is that, has that helped you over the years, always kind of keeping your eye for the Cowboys luxury bus? Oh, no question. And it is funny when you see it because you're just kind of like, I don't know. This is something like maybe the Chiefs should have right now. They seem to be at the top of the NFL, not necessarily the Cowboys. But, you know, the Cowboys are still the only team here, uh, just to confirm that they're the only ones that have a bus uh, with their logo on the side. And it does help uh, you know where they're at. But they also like it that everybody knows where they're at. But, yeah, St. Elmo's is a good spot. That's one where they like to to frequent. Uh, Prime 47 is another steakhouse uh, that they like to frequent. And then there's a – there's a Marriott and JW Marriott that are connected together, and that's usually a great spot, whether it's the Starbucks uh, inside of there or uh, there's a couple of bars and restaurants inside of there. That's usually a good spot as well to kind of uh, get, you know, not not just really Cowboys uh, members of the front office, but also a lot of agents are around there too and, uh, you know, kind of try and find out. What, what are the chances of some of these free agents coming back, like Jonathan Wilson, Leighton Vanderush, things like that? So, yeah, there's always something going on, and then you got to mix in some time to, you know, write a story or two, or maybe do a radio mm-hmm. interview. Time for Mosley. I know that's one of the things you try to budget on these trips, and occasionally I try <laughs> to give you a day off, but then it ends up backfiring on me, and I, I, uh, I definitely wanted to get you on. Um, this is interesting. Some of McCarthy's. Uh, by the way, have you been through that little Sky Mall or the Skywalk? You know that takes you through that mall. That used to be. And I know some things have changed there, but that's where I saw Rob and Rex Ryan one time, both getting chair massages at the same time uh, in the middle of a mall, and it was like those kiosks that you see in a mall, and and they just had like a chair massages right out in the middle of the mall, and there was long-haired Rob Ryan and Rex. And they were just—they were getting rubbed down right there in the uh, 
in the middle of the mall. These are these are things you see over the years in fun times. One time I stayed at the place where Peter King, I heard Peter King liked this hotel, and, of course, he had to write about it, you know, in the Peter King million-word column that he does, Monday Morning Quarterback. He's like, I stay at the Conrad. And I thought, I was at ESPN.com. I thought, well, I'd like to stay where Peter King stays. And, oh, man, luxury, luxury. The only problem was, John, nobody was there but Peter King and me. Like, there was nobody to talk to. It's just over there. I mean, I like Peter, but I didn't need to be over there, like, in a hot tub with him or something. John Mashota joining us from The Athletic on the uh, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. I found this stuff really interesting, and you talked about it in one of your stories where you had a lot of things to address. Kellen wants to – this was Mike McCarthy talking about Kellen Moore, someone you championed, and I think you had a real good relationship with Kellen Moore, but you were – you were probably a little more – you embraced him earlier than I did, uh, for sure. He went on to say of Kellen, Kellen wants to light the scoreboard up, but I want to run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. I think when you're a coordinator, you know, but you're in charge of the offense. Being a head coach and being a play caller, you're a little more in tune with everything. So that was the first time – I mean, again, he said nice things about Kellen – but that was kind of a, a general rebuke in a way of Kellen's just trying to race it up and down the field. I'm going to run the damn ball. Interesting for a guy who's not known in his career as being a, a huge run-the-ball guy to make that statement, John. I agree, um, and I know that you know I tweeted out that quote, and that was from when we had him uh, for about 20 minutes on the record. Uh, before we started eating lunch. And so, yes, that was obviously of our time around Mike yesterday. That was the most noteworthy quote. And Kellen's no longer here, so that's going to stand out. And, and I've already seen, like, the New York Post and some other player, places have taken it and said that, like, he just torched Kellen Moore in that. But you can really take Kellen Moore's name out of that and pretty much put in any young offensive coordinator. That's their, what they want to do. They want to light up the scoreboard. I mean, Mike McCarthy says in there that, hey, I, I was in his position once, too, where when you're an offensive coordinator, you want to put up points. You're trying to get the big job. You're trying to get a head coaching job. So to do that, you're not sitting there trying to be like, oh, we'll be fine to have the 10th best offense or 15th best offense. You're trying to show and prove what you can do in this league because you want a better job. And I think he's in a great spot with the Chargers. I think he's going to have success there. But I, I just think that Mike says that because he had been in that role before and he just wants to show that, hey, I'm looking for more balance on both sides of the ball. But to, to, to tweet out that quote and see the comments that people have about how they think that this is just going to be, uh, you know, this just absolute run first offense, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case because you've got to play to your personnel. And I, I just, I don't see a time where Dak Prescott's only going to be throwing 25 times a game. Like, is he going to be throwing 40? No, but I think he throws 30 times a game, and I think they lean more on, on, on the running game uh, to, to also help him, but then also, like you said, help the defense. I think the way to look at it is more of look at the Cowboys, the way they, they went about it in 2014 and 2016. You know, that was Romo's best year was probably 2014, and they were dialing things back that year. DeMarco Murray won the rushing title, uh, and, and Romo ended up having a great year. And then in 2016, Dak's rookie year, Zeke won the rushing title. Uh, Cowboys had a ton of success and probably should have gone to at least the NFC Championship game. I think he's looking for more of that. My issue with that, as we sit here today looking at the roster, is 
well, who's your bell cow running back that you're going to lean on like that if you want to run the ball like that? I expect Tony Pollard to be back, but yeah. even if Zeke is back, is that enough? Are, are Zeke and Pollard enough to get that job done? I mean, maybe, um, but it, but I just, when he said that, it made me think like, okay, well, I don't know, what kind of upgrades are you going to make to get to that type of, you gotta have, you're got to you not just going to run the ball to run it. You're going to have to have success. They had success at 14 and 16 running the ball. That's why they were able to do it. So uh, that that's going to be something he's going to have to fix. Well, you need to dig in there on these rookie running backs, these prospects. How about my <laughs> man Bijan from the University of Texas? I'm sure he's been, you know, I don't know when today. I'm trying to think who you were hearing from. Oh, that was the cornerbacks you were talking to. Um, is there, I mean, you kind of hear the scuttlebutt. Uh, Steven brought up that he wouldn't rule out taking a running back. There is some thought those guys obviously can can help you immediately if you get the right one. Um, John, you always look at this draft and you have you consult with all these great people from the athletic. Are there like two or three backs that are pretty much equal, or is there thought that the guy from Texas, Bijan, I always want to call him because he he got that nil deal, Mustardson, uh, because of his <laughs> you know having the Bijan mustard. But the, does does he stand out a little bit above some of the other prospects that you're starting to hear about? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. He's he's the guy running back. Alabama's got a guy too that is probably more of a late first, early second round that maybe maybe they would like. I mean, again, they they haven't even met with a lot of these guys yet. There's still a long way to go there. But Bijan Robinson is clearly the name. If you were hoping that the Cowboys were going to get a running back, he would be the guy. Just at 26, it's hard to believe that he would fall that far. I mean, yeah, I understand that the days are probably gone of taking running backs top five, but. There's other teams that need running backs too that could be drafted around 15 to 20. Uh, that I, I think it would be hard to pass on Bijan Robinson, just how talented he is. But let's just say hypothetically he's there at 26. Are there bigger needs in this Cowboys roster? Of course there are. But knowing Jerry Jones, uh, I think it would be hard for him to pass on a guy like Bijan Robinson with just the hype that would be there, the fact that what it could bring to the running game, or and and just the fact that he's a, he's a local guy. Uh, being from the University of Texas, and man, if they drafted him and he had success, just what an absolute beating it would be for us with Clarence Hill on the beat and all this Longhorn <laughs> stock. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen for our own purposes. But no, uh, you know how Jerry is. I mean, that's the type of guy you could see him taking. They got four or five other bigger needs, and then Jerry's just like, no, this is the guy. This is the guy. You know, going back to the Johnny Manziel versus Zach Martin debate. So you just can't rule it out with the Cowboys. So. Um, if they were going to take a running back and, and they took Bijan Robinson, I think there'd be a lot of people that would think that that was too much and, and on a position that they probably didn't need to spend that high. But I think there'd be a lot of Longhorn fans that would love it. And ultimately, if they had success and ran the ball well and the defense played great and Dak's turnovers came down, I think everybody would be fine with it. All right. They're going to run the damn ball, they said, uh, was his quote, and uh, keep the defense. You'll get them a little rest. And then not let Dak throw as much. I love that. It's kind of like we love Dak. We believe in Dak. This is our guy. What's your strategy? Well, to to stop having him pass the ball, <laughs> get his well, attempts hey, man, to down. Be honest, to, to be honest, if you go back to these last two playoff losses for them, mm-hmm. there were moments where if Dak elevated his play late, they might have won one of those those games against San Francisco. Um, I mean, particularly this one on the road. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's as bad as I've seen Dak play, which is just such a head scratcher. Because the week before against Tampa Bay, it's probably the best I've ever seen Dak play. Um, but I think that what he wants to do is, you know, people point to Mahomes and the success that, you know, he's had in Kansas City. Well, Dak's not Mahomes, so 
you're not going to be able to put as much on just on him. Like Dak's not going to get it done with those with those Chiefs weapons. I mean, obviously outside of Kelsey. So you need to you need to give him a little bit more help in the passing game, and they clearly didn't do enough at wide receiver. And so if you do that, and, and you give him an, an, another you know solid weapon outside with to go with CD and Michael Gallup, well then maybe he has a little bit more success. But he's not going to just do it on his own just because he makes forty million dollars a year. It doesn't mean he's gonna he's gonna just put the team on his back the way that like I'd say a Mahomes would do. Um, you know he needs some pieces around him to have that success. And I think that one of the other things they're trying to do is yeah maybe limit some of the stuff they are putting on his plate so that he doesn't feel like he has to be the one uh, to win the game. And then, which is what ends up leading to the turnovers. All right. I also like this McCarthy quote on new offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer that you had in your story quote. I think he has incredible people skills. I, that was an old Jerry thing that he used to say about Bill Parcells. And that way, if you ever go say, well, what, Jerry, what's your favorite thing? What do you remember most about Bill Parcells? That's exactly what he would say. Bill Parcells had elite people skills. And so when I saw that, boy, that all that came flooding back to me. In fact, that's one of the jokes I used to go back and forth with, with uh, Rich Dalrymple, who we don't see anymore because of some obvious reasons. But, uh, by the way, did the, uh, did the PR man, did you, was he running around there in uh, Indy? The, the Cowboys' new PR, the uh, NBA-turned-NFL PR man? Ted Carper was out here. He Yes, he used yeah. to work with the Cleveland Cavaliers when they had their success with LeBron and Kyrie, and now he's, uh, he's, now he's with the Cowboys. Yes, he was out here. He was at the lunch as well. All right. Do, in those private sessions, do you, even though Mike knows all of you all, do you still have to say, I'm John Mashota from The Athletic when you're <laughs> with, with uh, McCarthy? No, fortunately we don't. But you know, it's funny you bring that. It's funny you bring that up, Matt, because you know, as in this business, I'm not going to name any names. But it is funny how how so many in this business were so annoyed by us having to do that. Like, I mean, just totally, totally just change up the rhythm. Uh, and still to to this day, now that we were almost a year into doing that, there's still some that are are clearly uh, unhappy with that. But you know, it is what it is. There's greater tragedies in the world. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I think most of us just like shouting things out and uh, and and not really identifying who we're with or whatever. Uh, but boy, that was an NBA thing. I remember the NBA playoffs, like back in two thousand six, and uh, and you know who loved doing it was our old radio buddies Ben and Skin because that was a way nationally to get their names out there. We're this is I, Ben Rogers for the Ben and Skin show. They loved that more than anything. And all us grizzled newspaper veterans hated it. It just seemed so weird. Even for me, who I didn't mind writing about myself. I hated saying <laughs> Matt Mosley from the whoever, ESPN.com or wherever I was at the time. Um, all right. Well, listen, have a great uh, rest of the time. I cannot believe you're there that long. I mean, I think it's great of the athletic to do that and commit to that. But, my gosh, seven days at the combine, I've never heard of such a thing. But um, anyway, so, John, have a so for me. Have a, yeah. For me, I was just going to say real quick. Like a lot of the writers will go to the Senior Bowl for a day or two, and then come uh-huh. here for for a day or two. But because so much stuff spread out with the Cowboys and how valuable the combine's been for me in the past, I decided not to go a day or two to the Senior Bowl so I could stay here longer, just because I've been able to get more out of this. So that kind of factored in as well. Because Mo, yeah, you're right. Most of the athletic writers do not stay out here all, all week. It just Stephen Jones on the competition committee, so that starts at the beginning of the week. That's when we get him. 
and then McCarthy's in the middle of the week, and then Jerry is always on like either Thursday or Friday, and so I just I'd rather stay an extra day to make sure I'm here for all of that. So uh, it's worked out well. By the way, look at Archer's tweets. He's kind of learned how to flash those like. You know what I mean? Get more words on his screen on the tweet. Yes, screen grabs out of his <laughs> notes files there. I'm impressed. I saw that. Boy, if I, if I had to get back into that role, John, can you imagine me trying to pull that off? I'd be in there. John, can you help me? Can you take hold a picture on, of this on, for hold me? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know. I think you'd be just fine with this, Matt. I don't know if I've ever told you about this, but I will always remember. Back in my early days of arriving in Dallas, I remember, I want to say it was like 2011 when the Mavs made that run in the playoffs. And I remember you were having computer issues in the uh, workroom, and you filed an entire column off of writing it on your phone. I will never forget. I was like, wow, you wrote that all on your phone? This is back like Fox Sports Southwest days. I don't know if you remember that, but I will always remember that. I was like, man, okay, good luck with that. It was a BlackBerry, and I could type faster on that than I could on my laptop. And, and I remember Galloway, you know, not helping at all uh, because I was on the radio with him and, and I needed, I can't remember, I just remember him telling me, well, you can't show up with a laptop that doesn't work, Mosley. Well, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean for it to crap out. And I think on one of those stories, they, they wanted me to write it for nationally for FoxSports.com and it just stopped, like, I lost the whole story. I typed like 1,400 words on the BlackBerry, and then I just lost it. And I had to start all over again by memory trying to do my column again. What a mess. I'm glad you remember some of those. (laughs) Oh, I remember that. (laughs) Tough moments. And then the the Mavs won it all. They won it all. We were celebrating. And who was I out there interviewing Cuban with? Moments after they won it all, I'm on the court, and we get an exclusive with Cuban. And and who do you think I'm I'm doing the interview with? It was two guys from Fox or from and one of the guys was from DallasMavs.com. None other than Earl K. Sneed. Okay. <laughs> and, and, okay. Yeah, and Earl Earl ran into this some is issues. In Miami, right? Yeah, we were at Miami. Earl ran into okay. some issues a couple of years later that we won't get into. All right, John. Uh, I appreciate that. We should tell the athletic people we should have a. Uh, a podcast together, okay? I mean, I know I'm not Robert Mays, but boy, we'd have some fun together. I would, I would enjoy that very much, man. Thanks for having me. All right, all right. All right. See you, man. There he goes, John Mashoda from the Athletic, covers the Dallas Cowboys live from.